uh, we have, uh, we've, I've been talking here for a couple of weeks now. We finally maybe make this work today. So uh, Scott um, Auth is one of the elders of our church here. If you don't know him, if you're not familiar with him, if you're visiting with us today or whatever. But um, Scott it works for uh, DPS, um, Texas DPS, and has been doing some work. He's gone over about three times doing some work on the border. So, and not done with that, right? You're still going once a month or so. So there are kind of a lot of, uh, lot of the troopers over to, uh, to the border to do work there. So um, he's going to sp- speak just for a moment about what's going on there on the border. Thank you, sir. Well, that's kind of half-hearted. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're still breathing, right? Okay, it's another good day then. All right, you know what? Uh, back in 1993, 1993, I can't believe I'm actually saying that. It's 21 years ago. That really kind of frightens me. There's a lot of things that frighten me these times. Um, 1993, I stood before a congregation about this size. And I shared with them a passage out of Timothy. Second uh, Second uh, Timothy chapter four verse three verses three and four, and we'll share the same passage with you this morning. It says this: the time is coming when people will not tolerate sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather together themselves one teacher after another to, to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold. And they will turn aside from hearing the truth. They will wander off into myths and man-made fictions. 20 years, 21 years ago, I stood behind a pulpit and I shared that passage. 21 years ago, I told the congregation, I said, folks, these are the times that we're moving towards. We're moving towards those times rapidly. 21 years later, I shared that same passage And I share that passage and I share with you that we're not moving towards those times. We're right smack dab in the middle of them. And I, for the life of me, I cannot comprehend that things could move that quickly. But here we are. And for young people that grew up during that time period, my children, some of your children, Because they grew up right in the middle of it, they have no comprehension of what was prior. But the older folks know the changes that have been made. And our senior folks know what changes have made prior to that. Changes that I did not see and changes that some of us in this room did not see. But folks, we are living in those times. We're living in times where wrong is right. We're living in times when people, governments, leaders make decisions based upon what's going to be popular instead of what is right. And and those are scary. Those are scary. And in the midst of everything that's going on, uh, you know, Franklin Graham um, made a quote this week, and I thought it was a, a really interesting quote because it's something I've been saying for quite a while. My wife will verify that. But Franklin 
and, and you got to know who Franklin is. It's, it's actually kind of funny because if you know anything about Franklin's past, and, and you'll, again, I have to turn to the older folks. You all know what I'm talking about. We all know that when Franklin was a young man, uh, Franklin was kind of a hellion. You all remember that? And I know there must have been some really, stra- some really strong struggles with, with Billy with Franklin growing up, because Billy, uh, Franklin just, I mean, he, he, man, he rebelled. He rebelled hard. And I can relate with Franklin because I was the exact same way. And now Franklin's standing up, and God has changed him. And I honestly believe that, and I honestly believe that Franklin is genuine. And Franklin's a good, well, he's probably 15, 20 years older than I am. But God has really made some changes in his life. But Franklin got up, and and the quote that he made was, one of the quotes that he made was that when he looks around at everything that's going on in our society, across the board, with, we are having thousands upon thousands of Christians that are being slaughtered. In countries that, that we went in to try to give, bring freedom. Whatever the motivation was, what we did was we went in there and we gave them freedom. You can say whatever you want. You can say, talk about whoever you want. Talk about the, the, the pluses and the negatives about what we did. But the bottom line is, over the last 15 years, us going in, toppling, um, toppling an empire, brought about changes and brought about freedom. And then we pulled the carpet out from under them by moving out because that was the popular thing to do. The end result of that was that we've made them more powerful and more bold than they were before. And as a result of that, we have thousands upon thousands of people that are being slaughtered and run out going to places that they're not welcome. On top of that, we have a country, a former Soviet Republic, that he is just bound and determined to turn back into the Soviet Republic, is pushing buttons and getting no reactions, and he knows that the time is close. What we have set up for, what, 70 years? Protecting Europe from invasion? All this time that we've been focusing in the Middle East, guess who we have not been looking towards? And we have, we have let that fall apart. And with Putin knocking on the doors of Ukraine... Guys, that's just a stepping stone. The entire northeastern half of Europe is about to be overrun again. And I don't know how many of you people keep up with things, but we are nowhere near the strength of what we were. And if he was to do it right now, we'd be in a world of hurt. Now, the caveat to that is another people 
that have been sitting silent and they've been sitting silent for years or they're, they're a sleeping wolf. All they've been doing is waiting for the time. And in, in that time, watching the fall of the Soviet Republic, what led to the fall of the Soviet Republic, they learned their lessons from watching their former allies and they embraced a form of capitalism and in embracing that form of capitalism, they have strengthened and, and got far more technologically strong and financially stronger than they ever were in the past. And I'm talking about the Chinese. And I'm telling you right now, as soon as Putin makes a move, Chinese are coming with him. And guys, once upon a time, you know, they were feared for simply because they outnumbered us like 50 to 1. But now not only do they outnumber us 50 to 1, but their technology and their financial strength is probably just as strong or if not stronger than ours. And that means, that means we're, we're in for some hard days. I'm not saying these things to make you afraid. I'm saying these things to make you aware. To pull you out of your sleep. To draw you back to the place where we need to be. And that's on our knees. We need to quit denying God and who He is and quit denying the fact that we can do things in His name and start asking Him what it is that we're supposed to be doing. Franklin nailed it on the head when he said, I believe that we're in the end days. Now, he also made another comment. And this is the comment that I've been saying for a long time. And this is a direct quote. I don't know if we have hours, days, months, or years. But as Christians, God calls us to take up the truth of the gospel to the ends of the earth. I've been saying that for a long time, haven't I? I can't tell you if these are the end days. I can't tell you what's going to happen the next second or what's going to happen tomorrow. I can't. What I do know, that as we get closer to the end, and every day we do get closer, what we're called to do and what we're called to be has not changed. We're called to proclaim the gospel. And we need to continue to do that. But we need to do that aware of what is going on. We cannot sleep in the light any longer. We need to open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears, and get busy with the task that is set before us. And that's standing on the foundation of God. And getting back to the truth of the gospel and proclaiming it. And I'm not talking about going around knocking on doors and beating people over the head with the family King James Bible. I'm talking about living it. Our actions, our ways, our hearts, living out the gospel. Now in the midst of all this that's going on around us on a larger scale, on a smaller scale, we've got something going on right at our border. And guys, I've, I've seen, I've read the media reports, just like y'all have read the media reports. And what I'm wanting to do today is I'm wanting to try to talk to you about what is actually going on down there. And I'm telling you, 
what is going on down there <clears throat> is intense. There's, there is a state trooper down there about every quarter mile. There's a, there's a trooper. We have flooded the border between Brownsville and Laredo, and we keep moving west. And the thing is, I don't know if there's enough of us to do that. But as we keep, we are so thick down there that we have, we have completely not shut down the cartel, but we have, we have definitely angered a hornet's nest. The last three times that I've, I've gone down there, 24-7, we have people that are running. 24-7, that radio is squawking. There is always a pursuit. There is always a bailout. There is always some kind of a home invasion. We've got dope, dopers that are stealing from dopers down there. That's how desperate they're getting. Uh, people, these pursuits, they're not like the pursuits we get into up here. We get into a pursuit up here, we're going we're gonna to chase them. We're going to chase them to the end. Nine times out of ten, they're going to they're gonna do something crazy and, and they're going to they're gonna end up surrendering one way or another. Um, but the pursuits down there, these people, if you get in pursuits down there, the traffic is so heavy on these roadways that uh, it's a different ball game because these people that are, that are running... They do not care about anything or anybody. They will kill themselves. They will kill innocents. They do not care. This vents things up for us as we're trying to apprehend these individuals. We have the cartel, because, because there's so many of us down there and because we've, we've done so much to to shut down a lot of the things that are going on. What the cartel is, the approach that the cartel has taken is that they have taken a, a blitzing approach to, to doing things. In other words, what they'll do is that you are likely to have up to 10 things going on at one time across the river. In other words, you'll have 10 different spots where the, the, the cartel are saying, okay, run everything at one time. And they will run 10 different events at one time in order to overwhelm us so that they can at least get something through. Does that make sense? Let me give you an example. They have canals that go straight to the riverbank. They have these, these trails that go straight to the riverbank. I was down there, a trooper and I, we decided, hey, let's go down to the end of this canal to see what happens see what's going on, you know, because you can walk to the end of the canal 50 yards on the other side of the river is Mexico. So we go down there, and it's about 7 o'clock at night. sun's still up. It's about 103 degrees. It's hot and humid. And uh, we get down to the end, and we're looking across the river. In the background, I see two vehicles approaching from the Mexican side. And I'm watching them. They're still pretty good ways off, and I'm watching them. You can, it's pretty flat there. You can see a long ways. And I'm watching these vehicles approach. And as they get closer, I begin to rec recognize that uh, there are gunmen standing in the back of the vehicle. And as they get closer, I begin to realize, they ain't Mexican army. These are two white pickups, two non-uniformed, two pickups. There's two individuals in the back of each pickup. They both have machine guns. Um, 
and the cab, finally when they get close enough, because they drive right down on the river, the cab is full of gunmen as well. They get out of the vehicle, and they, they spread out. They're taking up a position. Now, I'm not an idiot. I recognize military techniques, and I realize that they're there posturing. Now, unfortunately for us, because we didn't know they were coming, we left our, our long guns, we left them in the car. Fortunately, got a big concrete building right in front of me, and machine guns have to be pretty good to go through those. So, as I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to figure, they're staring at us, we're staring at them, and I'm trying to figure out why exactly are they there. What I didn't know is that right around the bend from me, there was a group of 15 that were coming across. And a couple of clicks up the river from me, there was, there was a load of 1,500 pounds of marijuana that was coming across. They were bum-rushing us, and they were there to posture to keep our eyes on them while they were running the, the stuff across. Now, later on that evening, because the group did get across, later on that evening, we had to go through the bush, and we had to dig them out. I haven't gone through the bush in a long time. It's hot. It's buggy. It's swampy. And I, I was having serious flashbacks because I thought, my gosh, I'm back on patrol. This is what I used to do. And here I am, 2014, on the river in Texas, doing the exact same thing that I was doing then. It's a war down there. Every time that, I, that we approach a vehicle, our situational awareness is through the roof. Because every time we approach a vehicle, we're expecting somebody to pop out of there and shoot at us. This is not law enforcement. This is straight up going back to one-on-one -on -one warfare. And every time we turn around, every second there is something that is going on down there. And that's what y'all don't know about. The last week I was there, we had a troop run over. We had a deputy shot out from a shotgun with slugs. We had people, cars that were being burned on fire with bodies inside of them. I mean, our troops are being drugged into, into these little side streets. They're being drugged into ambushes. This is what's going on. This is what is not being reported by the media. So as they're standing there and the media is proclaiming us and they're getting on to us for being more and more militaristic, I'm telling you right now, I ain't climbing into those situations without heavy gear and weapons to match that which is being used against me. Because these people that we're dealing with, you've got to understand something. They don't care. And we have a double-edged sword as law enforcement. This isn't a simple military maneuver. Military maneuver is we go in, we wipe out, and we press on. That's how we operate in the military. Law enforcement, you got to find that edge and you got to pull back because we're not there to wipe out. We're there to apprehend, we're there to protect, and we're there to serve. And that's a fine line. You've, I, I make you aware of this so that you guys will pray for these people that are down there. Because just like in the military, we're, we're running 24 hours a day. We're working 16-hour shifts without any breaks. For the guys that are coming down from the panhandle, 
it's a 12-hour drive just to get down there. And then we have to sit through a four-hour briefing. It ends up being a 16-hour day. We get four hours of sleep, and then we turn around and we work a 13-hour shift. We go straight into it. You get wore out. And I'm not 21 years old anymore. (laughs) The sad thing about it is, or the innocents that are coming across, I understand what it is that they're coming from. These people, I mean, just just what she was showing you last week, that's the conditions that are going on in South America. I understand what these people are coming from, and I understand that they want a chance of life. I understand that. And when I've got two children, 14-year-old children, that flag me down as I'm driving by them at 80 miles an hour because they are coming up from Guatemala, and they have already trekked all the way across Mexico, and now they've trekked across the river, and they have, they've been out there for days and days and days, and they're so dehydrated they can barely stand up. I'm going to help them because I understand that. They need help. They're the age of our children. I'm not going to let them die. But what I am after and what we are after is that we're, off, we're after the people that are profiting off these innocents. Because the coyotes... Those are the people that are smuggling them across. The coyotes don't care. We've had people, large numbers of people, just left in the bush because they couldn't go on. And the group will leave them. And these people are showing up dead on the riverbanks. They're showing up dead on the ranchers' properties. They're showing up dead. Those are the people I'm going after. The ones that are profiting. And what I ask for, guys, is that I ask for for y'all's prayers for the folks that are down there working. And I ask for y'all's prayers for the National Guard troops that are down there. The federal government has reduced the monies. They've reduced the budgets for, for the military, including the reserve units. In the month of September, there will be no reserves because there, there is no money. And so they're going to they're shut them down for, for a month because they have no money. Now, why do I mention that? Well, you've got approximately 1,000 guard troops that are down there right now, and they're working 24 hours a day. And in, in the last month, they're not going to get paid. Now, we're down there because it's our job to be down there. It's, they're down there because it's their job to be down there as well. But they're being paid by the federal government. The federal government just announces they ain't going to have nothing for the month of September. Now, being a former guardsman, I understand that most of those guys, they don't really have anything to fall back on. They have civilian jobs, most of them, but a lot of them have low-pay civilian jobs. And to go down there for a month at a time, I mean, it's really putting the hurt on them. So pray for them. Pray for their families. 
pray for these innocents that are down there. Thank you. I'll tell you what, let's do this today. Let's um, hold on for our... uh our final uh, battling discouragement. Let's do this for now. Um, you know, there was, there's just all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the world, right? I mean, you just think that, that things can't get crazier or some other part of the world can't blow up, and uh, boy, it's just something different, something new every day right now, isn't it? So let's just take some time. Um, I, was, I was reading about, you know, all the things that are kind of, things that are kind of, uh, uh, oh, how, how inflamed the Middle East is, and Maybe some of that moving to India now and just crazy stuff, isn't it? But um, I know um, just oh, a couple of months ago I was reading about the, the, they estimate that because of the increase of persecution of Christians in Iraq over the last seven years that they've estimated about a million Christians have moved out of the country because uh, the, the increased persecution against them. And, you know, it's like that all over the place. And we're, we're so buffered here in the United States against all that. It's, it's incredible. But um, let's take some time. Let's, let's just pray about uh, the leadership of our country. Let's pray about the, the uh, leadership uh, for our state as, as well. And uh, let, let's just pray for the Lord to, to uh, come and do uh, whatever his desire is. And, you know, um, some, of the, some of the things that are hard is that, you know, what, what Paul writes to Timothy there in Second Timothy and other places, he talks about an increase in, in all these things, an increase in, in people's hearts growing cold is basically how he kind of summarizes it. But people's hearts growing cold and not, not being willing to hear or follow the truth at all. And, and uh, um, so anyway, in some ways, we, we know that there's going to be an increase of these things as we get nearer and nearer to the end times. But... Um, but uh, anyway, we, we don't know what the Lord's uh, will is, but we know he's called us to pray, and he's called us to stand uh, for, for people who are innocent and to stand for those who are the, out, uh, the outcasts, and uh, we're still called to do those things. So let's take a moment here and just pray, uh, pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, the last two weeks, we've just been um, just such striking things going on around us, Lord God, as, as we heard from Stephanie last week about what's going on in the Philippines and the absolute abject poverty, Lord God, that those, so many of the, the, the people live in there uh, in, in, those circ- in those circumstances there that we can't even imagine. Um, and to hear, them, it, to hear about those circumstances and hear about the suffering there is, is um, it's hard to even hear, much less to, to see or, or to be a part of. Um, so, Father, we just want to take, we, we just want to lift up those folks that, that Stephanie and her team got to see in the Philippines. Lord, we pray that you would, you would lift up believers in that area, in the Philippines, to, to be the, the, the hands and the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, to serve them, to help them, uh, to care for them, to show them that they love them because of your great love for us, uh, Lord God, um, when no one else does, that they're not outcasts, that their, their lives do matter, and and uh, they, their lives are meaningful to you, Lord God, because you sent your son to dry, die for people just like them, just like you did for us. Father, we pray uh, for other parts of the world, other things that are going on in Europe and the Middle East and Africa right now as we see uh, just some uh, a rise in just this kind of extremist, uh, uh, e- extremist Islamic view and uh, just a rise in, the, in kind of the militarization of, of uh, these Islamic states or would-be Islamic states, um, Father, who, who, um, who believe in, in, in terror and, and torture and killing. Uh, Father, I pray in those places, Lord God, that you would do your will. I pray, Father, that you would, you would bring about peace in those areas, that you would bring about defeat of your, of the, of, uh, your enemies, those who, who don't believe in life but believe in death. And, 
And uh, so, Father, we pray for that. We, we pray also, Lord God, for leadership in our country. Um, we, pray, uh, we pray, Lord God, that you would uh, help us, uh, help, help our nation know how to navigate uh, through all the difficulties going on in the world and even at our own back door here at the border. I pray that you would give wisdom. Um, pray that you would uh, um, give uh, direction, Lord God, to those who are in power and have the ability to, to respond and react in all these situations. I pray that they would act and move in a way that would be godly oh, and move in a way that would be... Um, um, in a way that you call us to be, to be and call us to act, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I pray for us too. I know sometimes as, as, as people of the church, Lord, we just maybe we feel like, um, feel like that the, the increase of violence and the increase of, of, of people's uh, rejection of truth is just inevitable. So, so, um, so, so maybe we get in a mentality that we just think there's nothing we can do. And that's just not true. In the end, we know... When we read the book of Revelations, it's, it, there are people who are overcoming the enemy um, by the blood of their testimony, of, of your testimony, by, by, the, by their own testimony, the testimony about the great God who sent a Savior to redeem them and to save them. And Father, regardless of what's going on in the world, the gospel always has a place because there are always people who are looking for you. There are always people for, who are seeking forgiveness. There are always people who are looking for a greater purpose. And no matter what other philosophy or religion is out in the world, uh, Lord God, Christianity always will win the argument because people do have a purpose. And there really is a Savior. And all of this isn't just chance. And suffering isn't just for the sake of suffering. It's all for, um, for, for the good of the people who are called according to your purposes. And you have a great purpose to redeem and to save uh, and to restore what was lost in the fall, to cure us of the fatal disease of sin, Lord God. So, Lord God, we pray in our houses, in our neighborhoods, in our classrooms, in our, in our places of work, I pray that you would help us all to stand to be a light in those places. I pray that we, we would be salt and light, just as Jesus had told his followers back in the day that they were salt and light. And help us to be salt and light. Help us to, to, to care for those who are out, uh, outcasts. Help us to love those people who are, who are hurting and to comfort them, Lord God, because we have a great God and a great Savior who really is the Redeemer and the Rescuer of all. Lord, we will lift these things up to you and ask for your help. And at the same time, Lord, we ask for your, for your, your help in our lives, that we would stand up and be what you've called us to be uh, in our homes, our communities, Lord God, everywhere we go, to be your hands and feet and to represent your truth and your gospel everywhere we go. It's in Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. You guys have a great week and uh, glad to see you this morning. Trey Andrews snuck in the back while we weren't looking.